Let's open our Bibles in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We are going to read only part because you know the whole story by now. The part of the Lord's Supper, which starts in verse 17. Today is a very special day because we have communion. Uh, it's special in many ways, as Kurt Mountain was mentioning, today is the first Sabbath of the year, uh, today is Sabbath, you're here, we're so glad to see your smile, and all of that. But communion becomes to be something so special, and it's not something like you just remember, it needs to be part of our lives. I want you to remember that, always. Communion needs to be part of your life and my life. Communion is something that is going to help you keep living every day of your life after you have done things that you probably think, I'm a sinner, I'm not worth it. needs to be part of your life. But let's just read this. Let's, uh, let me read this. 17, verse 17. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened, unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Where? It was that time of the year where everybody remembered about Passover. Do you remember what was the Passover about? It was passing over what? Houses with what? With these doors, the frames, and then they have something on the top. What's that? The blood. Blood of what? Lamb. And then when God sent death over, over the Egyptians, especially the, I mean, the firstborn, sorry. Death passed over those houses with the blood. They were so grateful that all of that happened because that also means freedom for them. Passover was supposed to be a celebration of what God did for them. Freedom from the Egyptians. And here we have Jesus Christ selecting that time of the year, that moment, that special moment for the people of Israel to talk about communion, to talk about the, what, what we know now, the Lord's Supper. And he gave a totally new meaning to that. You see, today when we talk about communion, we talk about being, I'm not saying we have to go to the extreme either, to the other side. We talk about being really quiet because somebody has died. We talk about communion being, having these, these faces kind of like sad. Somebody has died for us. Even pastors, uh, when, when, when I went to Monte Morelos, they say, you know, when you have communion, you always dress on black. Only black. And the ties, nothing like that. This is an honor. Needs to be black. Solid black. Why? Because you celebrate the death of Christ. Which is right, isn't it? But then here we have the celebration that only these people knew about it, Passover, meaning we are free from the Egyptians, let's celebrate about it. 
Jesus Christ uses that and suddenly we change it through all this time to something we celebrate the death of somebody. Let's talk about that a little bit. The story says that after that they find a place. They, I mean, they talk to someone. They, you know, Jesus said, go and find a place, uh, a place, something, uh, sorry. And uh, this man is going to lead you to a room. So they find a place. They prepare the meal. Very interesting. The Bible says that disciples prepare the meal, man. They were preparing the meal. doesn't mention anything about, me, I mean, women doing that. Because even the Bible says that he met with his 12. So they prepared the meal. Do you know how to cook, man? Some of you do, huh? Some of you don't even know how to just fry eggs or something like that. They prepare the meal. After they prepare the meal, they all got together. And as you know the story, we are going to talk about Judas, you know, coming there and he's mentioning, you know, I know someone here is going to betray me and all of that. And then the one who is going to, you know, put the bread with me, the hand and all of that, you know the story. But then the main part of everything, the main part, I mean the main part of everything is the words that Jesus said. Verse 26. Starting in verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. Give thanks and broke it and give it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. That's so important. Take and eat. This is my body. It was so important and at the same time so controversial back in those days. Because many of the other people, the Jews, who were just watching around these Christians, what are they doing, these followers of Christ? They were saying, are you eating flesh like meat, human meat? What are you talking about? You guys are wrong. You guys are sick. Eating flesh? That's not right. It was very controversial. But, as you and I know, when he said, I am the door, that doesn't mean he really have, like, you know, a, 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 a handle, a doorknob. That doesn't mean he's a door, a walking door going around. When he says he's the water, that doesn't mean he's really wet. When he said he, he's many of those symbols, that doesn't mean that he is physically that. They couldn't understand. I'm going to read again. Verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Mark and Luke mentioned that he also said, this is my body that is going to be broken for you. This body is going to be broken for you. It's going to receive everything that you deserve. All those things that you are supposed to be deserving, you are not going to get any of that, but I'm going to get it. And I don't know how many of you went through those times in your life. My pants are good, just in case. Where your dad used to do... This, you remember? I don't know. How many of you went through those times? That your dad used to do this. Now it's time for you to pay when you do something wrong. And it sounds bad. It sounds bad. Listen, I mean, that sounds bad. 
But it's worse when you feel this thing in your body. When you feel this thing somewhere in your body, can be the lower part, the higher part, whatever it is. If you're running, ow. <laughs> My body is going to be broken for you, and I'm going to receive all of those punishments that you deserve. I'm going to take it for you. I remember. Every time I received one, and then the two, and then the third, I was like, stop, stop. Do you remember that? No? That never happened to you, Kurt? It did? It did happen to me many times. And when my, and when my dad didn't have the belt, the closest thing he did have was the electrical cord of the, of the uh, what's that? The, the iron. The electrical cord. Now that's, ah, oh, this one is good. I prefer this one over the electrical cord. And when you don't have the electrical cord and your mom is close by and she doesn't use that because she doesn't use a belt, they grab what? Whatever they have at hand in the kitchen. <laughs> and the only thing you remember is sass. And you're kind of like... Shoo, shoo. You deserve punishment. You deserve all of that because you did something wrong. And God, I'm sorry, and Jesus Christ is saying, you deserve all of that, but I'm going to take it, and that's my body. And I want you to tell you something. It's not something that you just need to know that you deserve it. I want you to know that this is so close. I mean, it needs to be so close to you that you need to take and eat that so you will know that it's me who has that relationship ready to take the punishment for you and me. Sorry, yeah, me, you, know, you and me. Wow. That's only the first part. That's simple, really. But after that, going to the Bible, verse 27, the Bible said, Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink it all of you. I'm going to stop right there. He didn't say the same thing for the bread. I'm going to take the punishment for you. He didn't say, I'm going to take the punishment for all of you, and I want you to, all of you, eat it. He didn't. But now when we talk about the blood of Christ, the symbol of the blood of Christ, when we talk about the fruit of the, of the vine, as the Bible put it later on, he said, I want you all to drink from that cup. All of you, no exception. Judas, you take it. Peter, you take it. All of you take it. All of you are going to drink it. No exception to the rule. Then, verse 28, Jesus keeps saying, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. How can that be? Jesus, you're saying, this is the cup with the fruit of the, of the vine. The, 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 you know, there is. I give it to you. This is for all of you to drink it. But, but, that doesn't mean that because it's for all of you. That doesn't mean that all of you are going to be forgiven. 
The forgiveness is for many. Many. The Bible is clear. That doesn't mean all. The question is, why Jesus Christ is willing to share his blood with all, but the forgiveness is only for many? Well, let's put it sometimes, a few of us. Who makes that distinction? Who makes that decision? And I already saw someone moving the lips. We do. It's not God, it's not Jesus saying, you deserve to be forgiven. You do not deserve to be forgiven. You deserve to be forgiven. I'm sorry, you do not deserve to No. The ones who make the decision is you and me. The sacrifice is for everybody. The blood is for all of you. But the only one who makes the difference in saying I am forgiven or not is you or me. Why is that? The title for the sermon is Some Things Never Change. You see, the symbols that we have here, that is never going to change, still is the same. We have the bread. We have the wine. We have everything. And they, I mean, everything is there for you to participate. But sometimes it never change because we have that in our mind. I'm a sinner. I'm the worst of all the sinners. I'm not going to be able to change. I do not deserve to take that in my body. I do not deserve to participate during communion because I am a sinner. We all, I mean, many of us, we think like that. Oh, because we don't know exactly. We are here, oh, pastor, you don't get it. They don't know all the things that I have done. Yeah, I don't. I'm glad you don't know all the things that I have done. And you probably knew. You will say, you? You don't deserve that. But there is one person who knows everything. One person who knows everything. And that person is moving in this church today. And I hope that that Holy Spirit moves in this church in such a way that he's going to call you to repentance and to realize that you can also be forgiven of all your sins. Only when you realize that, only when you realize that you can also be forgiven for all your sins. At the end, I'm going to keep reading verse 29. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. They have this theme during Passover. That at the end they used to sing this beautiful scene that everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be okay. Now it's time to rejoice. Now it's time to move on in life. You are never going to sing that, that, that song. You are never going to sing that hymn. If you never believe that you can be forgiven of all your sins. How can you rejoice? How can you be happy? How can you live and say, I'm a Christian, if you don't have a Christ who really, and you believe really, forgives all of your sins? We need to rejoice. 
we need to rejoice. Christ is giving us the opportunity today to renew our vows with him. He knows we've been unfaithful. We went to with some other, sounds bad, men or women. And I'm not saying physically, what I'm saying is following some other ideas or following some other your ideas or following whatever you want to follow. He knows. He knows that you were trying hard during the last three months because we do it every three months. You were trying really hard, but even so, you fail. I fail. This church is not made of perfect people. The followers of Christ are disciples who believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us. You and I are sinners. And we deserve nothing. Do you deserve something? Do we deserve something? Some people will say, like Church Mountain said, we deserve something. You want something you deserve and I deserve? You know what's that, right? You wanted a sound effect? <laughs> we deserve death. We all deserve death. And you know what we probably think? We'll say, I don't deserve death because I pay my taxes. Who cares? You're a sinner. I don't deserve death because I have a beautiful, nice, brand new car. You're a sinner. But I have my car and I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, I am a very well-known person around, uh, around the community. <laughs> you need to die. You are a sinner. Sorry. Jesus came to die for your sins. Because it doesn't matter who you are or where you're coming from or what do you have of the things that you know because you are so smart. You deserve to die. We all deserve to die. But Jesus came and gave us this beautiful opportunity of taking communion. This is, verse 28 again, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He changed the whole idea of Passover to a whole new idea of communion. He used the idea of God going over those houses and not doing anything with those houses who has and accept the sacrifice of the blood of the lamb. He used that example to use it upon himself. I am that lamb. I'm going to die for you. I'm ready to die for you. The question is, are you ready to take my sacrifice for you? Communion is important and it's one of the things that need to be here in our life. Need to be part of the Christian life. You cannot move on without communion. Some churches have communion once a year. 
Some other ones, they have four times a year, every three months. Some other ones, they have every Sabbath. Communion is important in your life and my life. Some people get baptized three, four times. Can I get rebaptized, Pastor? Pastor, can I get rebaptized again? And I have these questions asked to me. How many times can we be rebaptized, Pastor? How many times can we really be rebaptized? Is two okay? Is three fine? How many times we need to be rebaptized? And many of these people don't have any idea of the importance of communion. They don't have any idea of how important it is for Jesus Christ to be in your life, to forgive all of your sins. Doesn't mean in communion you will only forgive the light ones. Because since we have different way of measurement, right, right, Kurt? We have light, we have heavy, heavy duty, and then what, what else? We have archie heavy duty. I don't know. We only talk and during church board, let's say, or elders, only the heavy duty ones. The other ones are okay. We can live with those. We make distinctions. But for God, we are all the same. We are sinners. No distinction at all. We are all sinners. Can you repeat that with me? We are all sinners. Just one more time. We are all Just like the little kid when the teacher can. Can you do you get it? Repeat after me. We are all sinners. Because we need to get it. We are all sinners. Here in this church and out there, we are all sinners. Here in this church and the Hispanic churches, we are all sinners. Here in this church and all the other churches, we are all sinners. And we all, we are all have one solution to our lives. That's the cross. The one that you see right there, it's kind of nice and beautiful. It wasn't like that back then. But in that cross, someone named Jesus Christ died for your sins and mine sins. And he died for you and me. Today I want to invite you for communion. Before communion, we do something that many of the churches don't do. Just don't even try. I don't know why. You have to find out a little bit more. Many churches don't do the washing of feet. They don't. Communion is important, but everything else now. Um, the washing of feet is very important. It prepares you for the moment, for this moment, communion. It prepares you to be ready to receive the blood, the bread, the symbols that are going to change your life. Why so important? Because you and I, we need to come with a humble heart. A humble heart. Because among all the sinners, we can have someone who says, I am the greatest sinner of all. No, you need to be humble. Even if you are a sinner and you think you are the greatest sinner of all, no, you are just a sinner. 
we deserve to die. But we need to repent. We need to prepare our souls, our hearts. And what better place, what better way to prepare our soul? Watching somebody's feet. Going to this person, maybe someone that you just have problems with. Maybe someone that you just don't like that much. Maybe someone that you just, because of the heavy Hispanic accent, just don't like it that much. I don't know. I don't have any accent. I'm, just, I'm not talking about me. Maybe it's just someone that you just, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's family, maybe it's your wife. The last night you got a fight. I'm not going to want you to be, no, you're ready for communion. Maybe your son, your daughter, who as a parent you feel betrayed. You did that? I didn't teach you that. Maybe someone who is getting in the way for you to take this. If you know that someone, approach that person. Ask for forgiveness. If it's nothing to forgive, hey, you don't lose anything. I'm going to ask you anyway for forgiveness. What's there for me to lose? Nothing. Get ready for this moment. Go down, watch somebody's feet, pray, hug, and come to church. Because after that, we are having communion. Are you ready to do this? I want to tell you, I'm happy to see you. I know many of you are also visitors. I see a lot of you who are visitors. And you are welcome to do this. Not like some other places. And no, you're not a member. You're not, no, 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 no. You are welcome to do this. You, better than nobody else, know how is your relationship with God. You are welcome to do this. And when we do this, let's do it in order. Let's think of what we are doing. At the same time, let's enjoy what we are doing. Jesus Christ didn't die, he, he didn't die in vain for you to keep being sad all your life. And um, by the way, we don't need any more, how do you say, martyrs? martyrs? We don't need any more martyrs. We have people who they want to be martyrs, and we already have one who died for us time for you to humble yourself and prepare for communion.
in memory of the Savior's love, we keep the sacred feast where every humble, contrite heart is made a welcome guest. By faith, we take the bread of life with which our souls are fed, the cup in token of his blood that was for sinners shed. In faith and memory, thus we sing the wonders of his love and thus anticipate by faith the heavenly feast above. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we give thanks for the life that you led for us. And Father, we give thanks of your willingness for your body to be broken. And Father, now we pray that we as partake of these symbols, that Father, that as we partake of your broken body that we realize and we pay tribute to you, our Savior. Amen. Heavenly Father, you loved us so much that you gave your only Son to die for our sins that we might have eternal life. He did not come to condemn us but to save us. Father, I ask that you send the Holy Spirit to each one of us, to our hearts, Lord. Give us willing hearts this morning to surrender to your will, and may we walk in your love obediently. As we drink of the wine, may we remember that it represents the blood of Christ poured out in payment for our sins. Father, may we ever remember your son's sacrifice and all that he has done for us in his life, his death, and his resurrection. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I want to invite you now to eat with me the bread and to drink the wine. God is good. Amen. As I was eating the bread, definitely you realize that you can't eat the bread without the wine. You eat it, there are pieces in your mouth, but there is the blood, the wine, that refresh your mouth. Jesus Christ came to die for you and me. I want to tell you that what you just did represents and says to you clearly that all your sins are forgiven. So let's rejoice in that. Again, I will say 
God is good. I'm really excited. I'm really happy. I don't, I'm speechless. I usually talk too much on him. But I know I can do something, and I want to do something. And I want to invite you to do it with me. Let's pray. And then at the end, we are going to sing a hymn, and we are going to believe in this place. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, at this moment, Lord, we want to praise your name. Because through Jesus Christ, now we can say we are clean again. Through Jesus Christ, we know that all of our sins are forgiven. And they are part of our past, not part of our present. At this moment, O Lord, we also want to rejoice because we know that every time we do this, every moment we do this, we are also closer to do it in heaven with you. O Lord, at this moment, we want to ask, and as we leave this place, for your Holy Spirit to be with us. To lead us in this world. To lead us to approach others and let them know that we have a Savior. And that Savior is coming soon again. Thank you, Lord. Because we know you listen to our prayers. And all of this, O Lord. All of this we ask in the name of Jesus who died for each one of our sins. Amen.